0: Hi everybody and welcome back to Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science. I'm your host, Lee Phelan, and today we're going to learn about the basics of pH. In my last episode on vinegar and baking soda cleaning solutions, I mentioned that the low pH of vinegar makes it a really good cleaner. pH is one of those handy science terms that a lot of people use to describe things, but not very many people know what it actually means. For example, you might know that pure water has a pH of 7 and is considered neutral. You might also know that anything with a pH lower than 7 is considered acidic, and that anything with a pH higher than 7 is considered basic. But what do acidic, basic, and pH really mean? Before I answer that, I just want to thank the sponsor of this week's episode, Stitcher. With the free Stitcher Smart Radio app, you can listen to this and thousands of other podcasts on your mobile phone use promo code QDT, and get a chance to win $1,000. So let's start by talking about what the term pH actually means. The exact meaning of pH is actually fairly complicated, which is probably why most people never bother learning what it really means. A simple way to think of it is as the inverse logarithm of the concentration of hydrogen ions in a solution, usually water. Now I know what you're thinking. If that's supposed to be the simple way to think of it, you'd really hate to see the complicated one. Well, just stick with me, and we'll go through it step by step. Even though we might think of pure water as a collection of H2O molecules, that is, two hydrogen atoms bonded to one oxygen atom, that isn't always completely true. You see, oxygen has really high electronegativity compared to hydrogen, which means it really likes to take electrons from things. Imagine oxygen is a big bully roaming the schoolyard trying to beat up other molecules and trying to take their hydrogen atoms from them. Sometimes this happens in pure water, so when two H2O molecules bump into each other, sometimes the oxygen atom in the first molecule will steal a hydrogen atom from the second one. When they walk away from that fight, they become H3O plus a hydronium ion and OH negative, a hydroxide ion. So at any given time, pure water will have a certain concentration of hydronium ions floating around. Now sometimes these hydronium ions will lose their extra hydrogen, and that hydrogen just floats around as a hydrogen ion. When we're referring to pH, we consider hydronium and free hydrogen ions to be the same thing. Pure water has a concentration of 10 to the negative 7th moles of hydrogen ions, or hydronium ions, per liter. Now saying that's a bit of a mouthful. So back in 1909, a Danish biochemist named Soren Peter Loritz Sorensen decided it made more sense to use the inverse logarithm of the concentration. You can ask Math Dude about the details of logarithms, but taking the inverse logarithm of 10 to the 7th gives you simply 7, which is a little easier to say. By this point, you might have deduced that the H in pH stands for hydrogen or hydronium. But what about the P? Well, the sinister truth is that nobody actually knows what Sorensen meant the P in pH to stand for. Depending on whom you ask, pH might stand for potential hydrogen, partial hydrogen, or power of hydrogen. In fact, some scientists think that the P doesn't really stand for anything at all. Since everyone seems to be allowed to make up their own definitions, I'll confess that I like to think of it as pieces of hydrogen, as in the pieces that broke off the other molecules. I should warn you, though, that this isn't a very scientific definition, and if you were to use this definition around other scientists, they might laugh at you. Now, anything that increases the amount of hydrogen ions when dissolved in water is considered an acid, Anything that decreases the amount of hydrogen ions is considered a base. The pH value of a substance is determined by just how much it changes the amount of hydrogen ions. Since the pH scale is a logarithmic scale, this means that something with a pH of 4 is 10 times more acidic than something with a pH of 5, and 100 times more acidic than something with a pH of 6. Likewise, something with a pH of 9 is 10 times more basic than something with a pH of 8, and 100 times more basic than something with a pH of 7. A fun experiment that you can do at home is to measure the pH of different substances. While most of us use litmus paper in school to test pH, many substances that occur in nature can act as pH indicators, usually by changing color. For example, hydrangea bushes will produce blue flowers if the soil they're grown in has a pH of 5.5 or lower, pink flowers in a soil with a pH of 6.5 or higher, and either purple or a mix of pink and blue if they're grown in a soil with a pH between 5.5 and 6.5. Red cabbage is another pH indicator that people often use at home, but that requires boiling the cabbage to extract the juice, and if you don't like the smell of boiling cabbage, you can usually find pH indicator strips at your local aquarium supply store or online. Since the concentration of hydrogen ions also affects how well a solution conducts electricity, you can also find electrical pH testers. However, some of the cheaper instruments are notorious for being very inaccurate. Once again, I'd like to thank Stitcher for sponsoring this week's podcast. They have a great app called Stitcher Smart Radio that you can use to listen to this and thousands of other podcasts. It's available for almost every smartphone from iPhones to Android to Blackberry. Just go to their website, stitcher.com QDT, and when you get there, click on the promo code box and enter QDT for a chance to win $1,000. Well, that's all the PH fun for this week. Next week, we'll talk more about the special qualities of acids and bases. If you like today's episode, you can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook, or follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash QDTEinstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see answered on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Until next time, I'm Lee Phelan, your host for Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Making Sense of Science.